Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, we acknowledge this morning of our insignificance because of your significance. Lord, you are an awesome, all-powerful, holy, righteous, loving, just, perfect creator. Lord, you spoke and the worlds were formed. You created man in your image. Lord, we are to be image bearers of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we acknowledge this morning how small we are because of how big you are. And in spite of who we are, God, you love us. And you love us so much that you sent your Son to die on our cross pay the penalty of our sin debt. And we thank you. And all God's people said, you may be seated this morning. We're glad that you chose to worship with us today. And I would encourage you to grab your bulletin and uh, get a pen. There should be a pen right there in front of you. Uh, or grab one, uh, steal one from your neighbor or whatever you need to do, but grab a pen. Uh, and I also want to point your attention to, um, sometimes we are... Um, we think we've communicated things well, and we haven't. So uh, if you, uh, how many of you uh, are, uh, when you're in church this morning, you have, uh, you're looking at a digital Bible of some form. Anybody looking at a digital Bible this morning? Raise your hand and everybody look around, all right? So uh, just for those of you that are on looking digitally on whatever device you might be holding this morning, uh, I encourage you to go to the Version Bible app. If that's not the one you're using, my guess is, I think I saw... Uh, something this week that they had reached a new milestone, whether that was a billion downloads of uh, the version, I can't remember. But um, on the version Bible app, if you are on that app and you're looking at the Scripture, which probably a lot of you who are looking digitally are, is there, if you will search for events, under the search there, then look for events. And then as you search, if you will type in Hallmark Baptist Church, then all the notes that are in the bulletin will be there on your digital device, all right? So that's actually something I think Nathan has been doing for a year and a half. And uh, I was reminded last week that maybe people didn't know about that. So there it is for you if you want to look it up. Uh, and you can take notes on, on that as well. So I want to encourage you to take notes, whether that's on, uh, on your I, iPhone, iPad, or Android, or whatever device you might have. Or in the bulletin, all right? So uh, how many of you still like to have a pen and paper to write notes with, all right? So uh, I love having things digital, but there's also something about having notes that I never can find again that I write down. But anyways, that's beside the point. So last week we started a new series, and the series was titled 2020 uh, Vision. Um, and we wanted to just kind of remind ourselves, we spent, uh, if you weren't here last week, we kind of gave you a really, really quick a 70-year journey through the history of Hallmark Baptist Church. And so um, I, I love looking back and thinking back on what God did and has done through this church and, and what I anticipate God to do in the future uh, through this church. And so one thing that struck me really interesting that I shared last week was that this church has uh, Hallmark, the name Hallmark Baptist Church, uh, that is the third name that this church has gone by. It started out as Faith Baptist, then it was Morningside Baptist, then Hallmark Baptist when it relocated to the Hallmark area over off the freeway. 
So we've had three names. We've also had four different locations. So it started down on uh, 7th and Maddox Street, I believe, and it moved to Morningside Drive, which is when they changed the name to Morningside Drive Baptist Church. And then it moved to South Freeway, 7300 South Freeway. Many of you still remember that address. That was address for many years. And that's when they named it Hallmark Baptist Church. If you know much about that area, that was the Hallmark area. And so then we relocated out here uh, in 1998. In 1990, uh, they voted to purchase this property that we are enjoying right now. In 1994, uh, my dad, Pastor Haley, came to be the, tr- the pastor of this church. And uh, through his ministry, God allowed this church to build the gym in 98. Um, I think 2002 or 3 is when the atrium in that area was built. And then in 2008, this auditorium was finished. And so thinking through uh, what I know about typical independent Baptist church history is that name changes don't usually go too well. People don't like change. Do you guys, you guys agree with that? People don't like change. Uh, and people don't like, so the name change and then location change. And I said last week, I'm not setting you up to uh, announce that we're going to change the name or relocate, okay? And all of you said amen to that. What, what I probably should have tagged on to that is, but we should be willing to do so if God called us to do that, all right? And, uh, but, but that's not in the plans. But in, when you study, especially churches that I've been associated with, that those change, big changes like that, a name change, location change, oftentimes uh, cause great division. And, and so how was Hallmark in the last 70 years able to go through so much drastic big changes and yet still see what God has done in this place? And, and here's what I'm, I'm banking on. This is what I believe about uh, what I know about the former pastors of our church and um, I know all of them except Brother McGinnis, and then I can't even remember the guy that started the church that was here uh, for a year. But I, all the other pastors I've known and known, known pretty well. And so what I know about them and what they would have taught you if you were here all these years is that the gospel is the number one priority. Hallmark is always, we, 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 you look on your outline there, it says our purpose statement, we exist to glorify God by making disciples who make disciples. Some form of that has always been the mission of Hallmark Baptist Church. It's always been about the gospel. We exist to glorify God, to make disciples who make disciples. And I'm thankful that as we look back on our history of this particular body of Christ, this particular church, that men and women that led this church were men and women who believed in the gospel. Aren't you thankful for that? And that's why we're still here today. And that's what I want to leave for the next generation and the next generation after that. That someone would stand on this platform, if this is still the location of Hallmark Baptist Church in 30 years, and say, what I know of all the former pastors of Hallmark Baptist Church is that their vision, their purpose, their goal, their aim was that Jesus' name would be glorified. Is that what you want the church to be about? And we have to understand that in that, if that is the primary goal, if that is the primary purpose, that the mission of, of magnifying, glorifying, exalting God by making disciples who make disciples, it, it supersedes everything else. It supersedes, the, the mission supersedes my preferences, right? And, and so we're going to continue on that. And so we want to, uh, the next few weeks, kind of break down that purpose statement that there is on your bulletin, Hallmark exists to glorify God by making disciples who make disciples. So today, we're going to talk about glorifying 
God. All right, so before you, if you want to go ahead and get a head start, you can turn to Romans chapter 11. <clears throat> and as you turn there, I'm going to remind you of t- uh, a particular verse that we read last week. All right, so last week we were in 2 Corinthians 4 and chapter 5, but I want to just point out one uh, verse here. 2 Corinthians 4, verse number 7. 2 Corinthians 4, verse number 7 says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So sometimes for me, especially this verse, um, how many of you have heard this verse many, many times in, in the history of your life in church, right? And so sometimes for me, what, what helps me is to go to a different translation and, and see it worded a little differently so I can process and think through a little bit, all right? So I want to look at the same verse in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7. It'll be on the screen for us in the New Living Translation. It says, We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. Isn't it amazing to think that God, who is all-powerful, who spoke the worlds into existence, who formed man in his own image, that his plan for the gospel to reach the world was to use people like you and me. That's a, that's, I, I think there's a couple ways to look at that. And one of them is that's a kind of a humbling thought. Could God have chosen another way for the whole world to know about Jesus Christ? Yes or no? Yes. But he chose us. And the last part of that verse tells us why he chose us, that people would know that the power came from who? God. In other words, as I share the gospel, as I share my story, who gets the glory in that, me or God? God does. So one of the greatest ways for me to glorify God is for me to simply share my story. If you read the book of Acts, and particularly the last half of the book of Acts, when it transitions from Peter to Paul, and when Paul would stand up and give a defense of his faith, almost every instance what he did was told his story. And when he told the story of how he met Jesus Christ, it was glorifying God. And it was pointing people to God the Creator, to Jesus, his Savior. All right, so with that in mind, let's look at Romans chapter number 11. Romans chapter number 11, verses 33 through 36. Let me read it for us. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Verse number 34, Romans 11. For who has known the mind of the Lord, who has become his counselor? Again, this is a quote from Old Testament, Isaiah, and also from Jeremiah. Verse number 35, again, we're in Romans 11. For who has first given to him, and it shall be repaid to him? For of him, and through him, and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. So let me ask you a simple question. Does God deserve glory? Yes or no? Is God going to be glorified with or without you? Yes or no? Right. He doesn't need you to tell him he's good. Does he want you to tell him he's good? Yes. Does it benefit you and remind you of how awesome, how big, and how great, and how good God is to to tell him and praise him and to glorify him? Yes. So in Romans chapter 11, what many have termed as this particular, these few verses, as a doxology, all right? So, a, a song of praise, a song of worship. 
It's interesting in this, Romans chapter 11 is kind of sandwiched here. From Romans chapter 9 to Romans chapter 11 are really what we would call, um, so let's make it simple, doctrine or correct thinking. So Romans chapter 9 through verse 11 is teaching us doctrine, what we should believe and how we should think as believers in Christ. Okay? And then in Romans chapter 12 through, uh, Romans 12 through Romans 16, based on what we believe, Romans 9 through 11, what we should believe, what doctrine states, then in Romans 12 through 16 is how we should live. Okay? There's another example of this in Ephesians chapter 4. Okay? Ephesians 4 will be on the screen for us this morning. But in the first three chapters of Ephesians, Paul, who is also the author here of Romans, is telling in, in the first three chapters, he's explaining who we are in Christ, our identity in Christ. Chapter 1 says we were chosen by God, we were saved by Christ, we were sealed by the Holy Spirit. And it uses words as you were far before Christ, and you've been brought near because of Christ. You were orphans before Christ, but now you've been adopted if you're in Christ. You were uh, aliens or strangers, but now you are citizens. And based on our identity, who we are in Christ, which is the first three chapters of Ephesians, the rest of the book of Ephesians talks about how we should live based on who we are in Christ. All right, so Ephesians 4 verse 1 says this, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. All right, so based on who we are in Christ, it should impact or affect how we live and how we act. Right? And so that's kind of what we get in Romans 9 through 11 is, is the doctrine. Romans 12 through 16 is the practice of that doctrine. And what is interesting is these few verses here seem to be a bridge between doctrine and practice of that doctrine. And what's the bridge is worship. Let me, let me read for you again. When you're thinking about what we've read and what we've understood. So Romans uh, 9 through 11 is who we are in Christ and how we, and really the doctrine, the belief, salvation is what he was mainly talking about. But let's read those few verses again. Romans chapter 11, verse 33. Based on what we know of Christ, what we know of God, oh, the depths of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Are you glad that God has revealed himself to you? How unsearchable are his judgments, his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord, who has become his counselor, or who has first given to him all that should be repaid to him, for of him and through him and to him are all things. To whom be glory forever. Amen. So based on what we understand of doctrine, who we are in Christ, again, Romans 12 through 16 is going to tell us how, we sh how that should play out in our lives. And the bridge between the doctrine and the practice in that doctrine is to worship God. So, so there's some statements on your bulletin. I want you to, to grab your bulletin out and write, th write these statements, all right? Fill in the blanks for me. Our position in Christ should lead to praise. Our position in Christ should lead to praise. Okay, so we understand that, right? Knowing that Christ died for me, that I can have eternal life and forgiveness of sins, it should automatically, an, an outpouring of when I acknowledge and recognize what Christ did in my life, it should be a natural thing for me to do what? To praise him. 
to thank him. Our position of Christ should lead to praise. The next statement. Our praise of Christ should lead to practice. Our praise of Christ should lead to practice. So, we all can come in on Sunday morning, be reminded of God's love for us, stand and sing and worship, feel the power of the Holy Spirit in our life, but what does it lead us to do? The, the next statement here in your bulletin says, praise without practice is phony. Praise without practice is phony. And I want you to take just this pause for a moment here. Our position in Christ leads us to praise. And our praise should lead to practice. But praise without practice is phony. And I wonder for you this morning to examine your own life. Is this the category that oftentimes you, you fall into? The next one, I, I'm not sure that, that most of us struggle with this, but I'll give it to you anyways. Praise without practice is phony. The next one is practice without praise is pharisaical. Practice without praise is pharisaical. I'm going to make a few statements here this morning, and if you agree with them, at the end of the statement, I'm going to simply say, say amen. All right? Are you guys tracking with me? Okay, so if you agree with the statement, say amen. You're not tracking with me. So if you agree with the statement, say amen. amen. All right, there you go. All right, if you believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father except through Jesus, say amen. amen. You're getting it. If you believe Jesus died and was buried and rose again to pay the penalty of our sin debt, say amen. amen. If you believe that you cannot have salvation unless you call on the name of the Lord Jesus, say amen. amen. If you believe that without salvation you cannot have eternal life and you will pay for your sins for all of eternity in a place called hell, say amen. amen. If you believe that whoever calls on the Lord shall be saved, say amen. If you believe all believers are commissioned by God to share the gospel, say amen. amen. If you personally share the gospel with someone this week, say amen. So what, do we, what was the statement we made? Praise without practice is what? It's phony. And I wonder if we have fallen into that. It comes very easily to walk into a very comfortable building, and I thank God for this very comfortable building, and to praise the Lord. But if I don't walk out of these doors, and all these statements, I believe that Jesus is the only way. He's the truth and life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus, and we all said amen, and I believe whoever calls the name of the Lord shall be saved, and we all said amen, and, and I believe that if we, if, if we don't ask forgiveness of sins, we're going to spend eternity in that place called hell, paying the penalty of our sin debt, and we all say amen. And then we ask the question, we make this statement, I shared the gospel with somebody this week, and you heard it, didn't you? 
Let's continue on. In this, in this passage of Scripture, we see worship. We see them praising the Lord. And again, what many have termed as the doxology of praise in Romans. Three words that jump off the page. And, and really, I found uh, this outline that I thought was just perfect. I wanted to use this morning. Three words that jump off the page as we walk through Romans. These few verses. The first one, if you're filling out the blanks in your bulletin, is wow. Really deep, right? Wow. And I, I think sometimes the longer we're in church, the longer we're removed from our salvation, that sometimes we lose that wow factor of who God is. Let, let me just read a few verses for you. They'll be on the screen this morning. I'm going to read them too quickly for you to turn there. They'll be on the screen. Psalms 92.5 says, O Lord, how great are your works. Your thoughts are very deep. Ephesians 3.17-19, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the width and length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Job verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 8-10 through 10, but as for me, I would seek God, and to, to God I would commit my cause. Who does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number? He gives rain on the earth and sends waters on the fields. Job chapter 26, verses 7 through 14. This is in, out of the New Living Translation. God stretches the northern sky over empty space and hangs the earth on nothing. He wraps the rain in the thick clouds, and the clouds don't burst with the weight. He covers the face of the moon, shrouding it with clouds. He created the horizon when he separated the waters. He set boundary between day and night. The foundation of heaven trembled. They shuddered his rebuke. By his power, the sea grew calm. By his skill, he crushed the great sea. His spirit made the heavens bountiful, and his power pierced a gliding serpent. These are just the beginning of all that he does, merely a whisper of his power. Who then can comprehend the thunder of his power? Look, look at that verse here on the screen. He's talking about the creation and all the power of God. And he says, this is Job speaking, these are just the beginning of all that he does. Merely a whisper of his power. Who then can comprehend the thunder of his power? I woke up about 3.40 this morning to the thunder of his power. Anybody else wake up to that this morning? I woke up as it struck. I felt like my house. And I had this thought. The school across the street just got struck by lightning. It was that loud. That's what I thought happened. I went right back to sleep. I didn't care that much, I guess. <laughs> Only to find out this morning that uh, when I got to church that on my street, somebody's house got struck by lightning and caught fire. So I'm such a good neighbor. You know what, when I woke up this morning to the thunder, you know what verse was going over my head as I woke up this morning at 3.40 a.m.? This verse. The power of God. And I think oftentimes in my own life, I forget how awesome God is. I forget about how great God is. I forget about how powerful God is. So on your bulletin this morning where it says wow there, I want you to write out this, this question for yourself. Write out this question. Have you forgotten how awesome God is? 
Have you forgotten how awesome God is? Have you lost the wow factor, right? So have you forgotten how awesome God is? Let's keep going. Number two, the second word. First one is wow. The question we ask, have you forgotten how awesome God is? The second word is wonder. Wonder. So in this text, in Romans chapter 11, we see three questions that are asked. And these questions were also really a repeat from the Old Testament. But here's the three questions. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? And the third question, who has first given to him that he should repay to him? In other words, who does God owe? So three questions. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? And who does God owe? All right, so look, again, we're going to read some, some scriptures really quickly this morning. Hopefully you can write down the reference and go back through and study this this week. De- Deuteronomy 29, verse 29 says this. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of his law. Isaiah 58, or excuse me, 55, verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts, says the Lord. Job 41, verse 11. Who is preceding me that I should pay him? Everything under heaven is mine. Aren't you thankful that God is in control? Aren't you thankful that God is sovereign? And guess what? There is a God, and you can fill the rest of it in, right? You're not him, right? God is sovereign. I think too many times we try to explain God, and and here's the, the reality if, if, you can, if you can explain everything about the God of the Bible, let, let me rephrase that. If you can explain everything about your God, then he would cease to be God. There's some things that we are not going to know about God until, guess what, we get to heaven. 1 Chronicles 29, verse 11. I love this. one of my favorite passages of Scripture. And this is David really singing a praise to the Lord after they'd given an offering for the temple, a temple of which they were going to build that David was not going to see. And he says this, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, the victory and the majesty, for all that is in heaven and earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. You are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is the power and might. In your hand is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I? Who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you, and of your own we have given you. So number one there is wow. The question, have you forgotten how awesome God is? The second word is wonder. The question I want you to write out uh, this morning, or if you're on your phone or your tablet to type out here is this. Have you forgotten... God is in control. Have you forgotten that God is in control? So this passage leads us to wow, to wonder. Number three, or the third, the third word here is worship. Worship. And I think that as we gain a proper perspective, of who God is. We're reminded of his power, reminded of his glory, reminded of his 
faithfulness. When we come into a healthy perspective and a healthy view and we're reminded of who God is, the natural byproduct is worship. Turn with me to Psalms 96. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms 96. We're not going to be much longer this morning. I just want to share this passage of Scripture with you this morning. Psalms 96. I'll give you time to turn there. Psalms 96, we're going to read the entire chapter. Verse 1 says this. Psalms 96, verse 1. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and majesty are in his sanctuary. Give to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory. Do his name. Bring an offering and come to him into his courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations the Lord reigns. The world also is firmly established. It shall not be moved. He shall judge the peoples righteously. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar in all the fullness. Let the field be joyful in all that is in it. Then all the trees of the woods will rejoice before the Lord. For he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his truth. So I want you to to write this this question down. Wow is, have you forgotten how awesome God is? Wonder, have you forgotten God is in control? Worship. Do your words and your work glorify God? Do your words and your work glorify God? 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Therefore, whether you eat or whether you drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. How big is your God? Let me read a few statements that, um, that God has just been processing in my, my heart and my mind this week. Actions reveal attitude. Beliefs determine behavior. Conduct follows conviction. Actions reveal your attitude. Beliefs determine your behavior. Conduct follows your convictions. Here's another quote from Tony Evans says this. How much you esteem God will be validated by how you respond to God. How much you esteem God will be validated by how much You respond to God. John Piper says this, When the flame of worship burns with the heat of God, His true worth, the light of missions will shine to the darkest places on the earth. So we talked about Romans 9 through 11, give us the proper doctrine, theology, what we should believe. And this little bridge here between the doctrine and the practice of that doctrine is worship. 
Let's think for a moment, what was the doctrine that Paul was talking about? What was it that led him to say, to sing this song of worship and this song of praise? Turn to Romans chapter number 10. Romans chapter number 10. Romans 10, and we're going to read verse number 9. So Paul is explaining to the Romans and to the believers that the salvation of Jesus Christ is for all people, not just for the Gentiles. Uh, Excuse me, not just for the Jews. It's now to all nations, all people. In verse 9 of Romans 10, it says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. Verse number 13. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So this worship that we're seeing in Romans chapter 11 is based on the doctrine of salvation. Whoever calls on the Lord shall be saved. If I have a proper perspective of how big God is, that God is sovereign, that God is in control, that God has given me a mission, My conduct will follow my convictions. And what I, th- I think, and, and so you, you need to wrestle with this in your own life right now. This is what God's been wrestling with me about. That if I truly believe that whoever calls him Lord shall be saved, if I truly believe that hell is a real place, that people are going to spend an eternity paying for their sins, if I truly believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, no one comes to the Father except through him. If I truly believe, Romans 9 here, if they confess with their mouth and they believe in their heart that Jesus is who he says he is, that Jesus died on a cross to pay the penalty of the lost of all mankind, their sin debt, and if people will call on Jesus, whoever calls on the Lord shall be saved. They shall be redeemed. They shall be purchased. They shall be forgiven. They shall be clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. If I truly believe that, my conduct always follows my convictions. And so if I personally am not sharing the gospel, if my conduct is not saying what I've just stated in front of everyone in the church, then do I really believe what I say I believe? We, we did this little, um, I don't know what, what I would call it, test example. We read all these statements. As a church, we all said, amen, 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 amen. And then it got really quiet, didn't it? And I don't want you to talk out loud, but I want you to think for a moment. How, how did that make you feel? How did that make us as a church feel? But let's think from a, a different perspective. 
what, what, would this, what would this church look like? What would God's church look like if every one of us, if all of us just shared the gospel with one person this week? What would change in your own life? What perspective, if it, let's think for about this. How, how long has it been since you shared the gospel with someone? How long has it been since you invited someone that you knew that was lost to come sit with you in church and that you were going to take them to lunch after church? Because here's what I believe. I believe that if, if right now this morning you had invited someone that you knew did not know Jesus Christ and they were sitting next to you this morning, that your perspective of everything else around you would be completely changed. Your focus would not, no longer be on it's too hot or it's too cold or it's too loud or it's not loud enough. Your focus would be on what I sure hope that Pastor John preaches the gospel today because my friend needs Jesus. And the reality in most of our American churches today, that's not happening. And, and we as a church just in the silenceness of our response, testified that it's not happening here. And, and I don't want you to walk away this morning with this sense of guilt. I want you to walk away this morning with this sense of empowerment. God has given you the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that, that anointed the early disciples, the early church, the same ones that were burned at the stake for their faith because they had the power of God in their life to say, I believe in the resurrection. You have that same power in you. Let's walk away from this building this morning on a mission. Can we share the gospel with one person this week? Could you share the gospel with one person this week? And I'll give you a confession in my own life this week. I'll be honest, I, I, um, I find it difficult. I'm, I'm really good at inviting people to church. I'm really good at telling them that I'm a pastor. But, you know, you, you guys know that to say you believe in God is one thing, but to say you believe in Jesus Christ is a whole other thing, right? That's when the debate starts, right? So this week, I just kind of made it my goal. As last week, I asked you to write somebody's name down. And the truth is, in my life, in my stage of life currently, I don't have a lot of interaction with lost people. Just praying, God, give me opportunities. Give me opportunities. Help me take those opportunities. And I was blown away by how many opportunities God gave me. Almost one every single day this week. And one of them was a, a salesperson showing up at my door last night at 8.30 when I'm trying to study. But he heard about Jesus. So, I'm coming to you from a perspective of, I think I'm just like you. That I haven't really been doing what I say I believe. And if that's the truth, then maybe I've lost perspective how big God is. How awesome God is. It, could, could we walk away this morning on a mission? Yes or no? Would you walk away this morning on a mission? My conduct always follows my convictions. 
Would you close your eyes for a moment this morning? Let's just for a moment, in the, in the quietness of this hour, have a vision of what God could do in this place. What could God do in this church if we walked out of this room this morning on mission to share the gospel? As I look around the room this morning, there's a lot of empty seats. I would love to see this place completely full. I would love to see this place completely full on a second service every Sunday morning. I would love to see this place completely full on a third service every Sunday morning. I would love to see this place full on a Saturday evening service every Saturday evening. That's not going to happen unless unless we get on board with what God's doing. Unless we stop thinking, well, someone else will bring a friend and, and, and it'll happen. No, it's you, it's me. It's me saying, I'm going to share the gospel with the people that God has put in my place. What would happen in your world if you changed the focus from you to God and what he wants to do around you? And I'm gonna ask you this morning, if God has convicted you in your life, I'm just going to ask you to come forward right now. Stand up where you're at and walk forward and pray. Right now, get up and walk forward. If God has challenged you, if God has convicted you this morning that you need to share the gospel, then get up where you're at right now. Because here's the truth. If you don't have the courage to stand up in this building and walk forward this morning, you're not going to have the courage tomorrow at work. You're not going to have the courage in your neighborhood. Right now, what, what could God do in your life if you sold out for the gospel? What could God do in this church if people were sold out for the gospel? What if we really bought into the fact that we exist to glorify God, to make disciples who make disciples? It's not the staff's responsibility because they're staff. It's the staff's responsibility because they're believers. It's your responsibility because you're a believer. If you can't kneel, just come sit on the front row this morning. This morning, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, God sent His Son to die on the cross to give you eternal life. And he wants you to know who Jesus is and he wants you to surrender your life to him. And if you surrender your life to Jesus Christ and repent of your sins, the Bible teaches us you will be saved. You will have eternal life. What I ask this morning, is anyone here to say as our eyes are closed with John, I've never given my life to Jesus Christ. If that's you this morning, would you just put your hand up for a moment? I just wanna pray for you. Anybody like that this morning? Put your hand up. Leave it up for a moment. I just want to pray for you. Thank you in the stadium seating. Thank you. Anybody else this morning? In a moment, we're going to stand. And I'm going to ask you in a moment when we stand, if, if that's you, you raise your hand. What I, what I would encourage you and challenge you to do this morning, there's going to be men and women. They're going to be standing up here at the, 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 uh, the front here, and they're going to be looking at you. And if you would like to give your life to Christ or know how to do that, then just walk up, shake one of their hands. 
God, I thank you for this day. God, I pray that we would walk out of this room this morning with a new perspective of of who you are and how big you are and how awesome you are and how you have commissioned us to bring glory to your name by making disciples. Would you stand with me this morning as we worship? Again, if you'd like to come pray with one of these that are up here, feel free to walk forward, shake their hand and pray. If you want to pray and uh, just... In private this morning, you're welcome to do that as well. As we sing this morning.